Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl from Happy Mammoth. EstroControl contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including EstroControl. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate. Look, Living Corporate is a digital media network, right? Not just a single podcast. Okay, hear me again. I said a digital media network, not just a single podcast. So when I say digital media network, what does that mean? Digital media network means that we're creating all sorts of different types of media. All sorts of different types of media. Podcasts, vodcasts, blogs, right? Uh, Talk chat spaces, you know what I mean? Uh, Social media content right? Threads, things of that nature, all types of content. And what is that network? What is this content all meant to do? It's meant to center and amplify black and brown people at work, center and amplify black and brown people at work. So often in this whole DEI space or whatever you want to call it, DEI, IED, JEI, you know what I'm saying? The RZA, Wu-Tang, whatever you calling it, right? Shout out to Wu-Tang forever. Uh, But whatever you calling it, there's this common thread of centering of the most overrepresented, right? So what am I really trying to say? A lot of this DEI work centers white people and white feelings. That's what, that's really what this space has devolved into, or maybe it already, it always was. I mean, honestly, we've talked about that at nauseum um, for the past several years, but the point is, is that living corporate exists to center and amplify the marginalized voices, black and brown, queer, black and brown disabled, black and brown women, black and brown trans, black and brown non-binary, black and brown first gen, black and brown people at work. That's what we do. And we interview executives, elected officials, activists, artists, influencers, the list goes on and on and on. And we're always, always, always bringing it back to the experiences of the most marginalized and We're speaking truth to power by challenging the very systems that exist and continue to persist to benefit everybody but black and brown people at work. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we do. We're not really here to like coddle or pat uh, big corporations on the back that make billions of dollars every year. Um, We're here to really have authentic, real conversations in a corporate world. Okay, that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we're not trying to do. That's what we're doing. Shout out to the living corporate team. I'm so excited about this conversation you're about to hear. We'll be back. See you soon. Will Cooper. 
What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Long time coming. I know, man. We've been talking about this for six months. A while. More than a that. A while, man. It's been a while. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. It's a pleasure, man. Listen, um, you know, it's interesting. I think about the types of conversations we have here, and I don't know if I've had a lot of folks who are focused on, like, brand partnerships um, mm-hmm. for the sake of like market eminence and things of that nature, foot, uh, footprint expansion, sure. things of that. Like, I'm, sure. I'm really curious, like talk to me about your journey in this like marketing strategic marketing space and how you got to do this work. Mm-hmm. And then also what led you to find, like to really be at heartbeat now. Like, that's what I'm really curious. Got about. it. Got it. It's a it's a long story, so I hope you I hope you got a little time, Zach. But um, so I, I graduated in 2010 um, from the Midwest. I, I grew up in Wisconsin, um, and I originally got started out in the construction industry. Not so much of the like building the buildings myself, but working for a large scale manufacturer um, uh, of tools and equipment. It's a company called Milwaukee Tool. Um, I knew that I did well in front of groups. I was a, I was a good speaker. Um, I working with people is something that, that came naturally and something that I enjoyed, um, building things, building businesses, supporting nonprofits, um, building community has always been, um, strengths of mine and things that I wanted to do. Um, so I kind of fell into this work just cause from that, that skill set. Um, and moved around quite a bit. So I moved from, I was in Chicago and Houston and Milwaukee, and I was in New York for, for eight and a half years. And um, I was about 27, 28. I was, uh, what, what essentially amounts is like a, a regional partnerships manager. So I had seven people reporting to me in New York, two in Boston and one in upstate New York, which was a great uh, a great thing for my career. The only problem was I was never particularly passionate about the construction space. Um, and so I was pretty unhappy with, with that aspect of it. And it was, it was having an effect on me. So, um, but the good thing is if you're, if you can speak, if you do well with building things, if you can, uh, network and, and build relationships and understand how the, the process of, of building community, you can do well in a lot of different fields. So when I was about 28, I gave my poor mother uh, a heart attack and said, I was going to like, you know what, mom, I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to go into media and entertainment. I've always loved movies and stories and, and TV. I'm going to go into this field. I'm going to leave this a uh, six figure job that I had when I was 27, 28. And I'm just going to, I'm going to take a 75% pay cut and move uh, into media and entertainment, um, which was of course really hard, but it was a, it was a really good decision. And I, I had the advantage of, if you understand people, if you understand how to build relationships, if you understand, if you're a competitive person, I have an athletic background, so that's really helped me a lot in this space. Um, regardless of the the industry, partnership work all has the same components. Maybe you you might be partnering on digital content or a large power tool, 
but the the ingredients remain the same. You have to be able to work with people. You have to have a vision. Uh, you have to be trustworthy. You have to um, be able to build long-term strategic relationships. So eventually, um, after a after a, a long year of 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 making almost no money, and at the time I was doing uh, sketch comedy, so I was also doing some like commercial acting. And really, the thing that kept me afloat is I booked a Crest commercial, um, so I was able to get thank you, mom and dad. Um, so I was able to uh, keep myself afloat a little bit. So I was there. I was at a place called Upright Citizens Brigade for a year, uh, and then moved into NBC Universal and kind of took off from there. Um, was there for three years, um, working at Thirty Rockefeller Center. Um, took a role at a company called Attention, it's a digital media publisher uh, that uh, publishes stories through the lens of purpose. And I've been at Heartbeat for about ten months um, on their on their growth and partnerships team. So it's been a long journey. I don't know if I answered your question. You did, uh, but I tried. You did no, you tried and you did. Answer. The effort was there. You did the it. Effort was there. for sure, yeah. man. So so it's interesting. Like you, know, you talk about partnerships, and it's. I'm curious when we think about the concept of like partnerships for brand activation and in whatever way, like what does that really mean? Like what are like the, and what would you say like the key elements are of like an effective partnership between let's say like the company you work with and, um, of, and any particular third party or vendor. Right. So I think it comes down to two components. Um, Good, good partnerships in business are like good partnerships in life, friendships, relationships, community, things like that. You have to first understand yourself and understand what your strengths are, what are your weaknesses, where are you looking to go? Uh, and then when you find a potential partner, you have to understand what they're looking to accomplish, uh, where their weaknesses and strengths are, and see if there's synergy there. So I think... It, it starts with an understanding of what you do well and who you are. Um, if you don't have that, you're going to you're gonna be in trouble trying to partner with anyone in any aspect of life. Um, but once you understand that, it makes things easier to identify potential partners. Um, so, for example, for, for, for Heartbeat, we're a company that's rooted in humor. So if a brand is very, very serious and, like, can never, ever... Uh, not take themselves so seriously and it always has to be very very hoity-toity and that's probably not going to work for us right um, uh, if a brand is looking to and this is any company if they're looking to more performatively interact with uh, what we would call a, a, the multicultural nation that we that we have here um, that's not going to be a good fit for us either but um, if a brand uh, is is passionate about their consumer base, knows that communicating with lots of different people are important and, and is okay with um, uh, leaning into the a little bit of the funnier side of life, um, that's a good fit for us. And I think it, you can use that formula in any industry, in any um, space, right? Understanding yourself and then first identifying other partners and uh, moving through, moving through the process like that. You know, it's interesting. You, you've been able to like pivot, like from brand to brand, like you, cause I, I want to say when we connected, you were just like 
we were t- we had a conversation about you being on the pod. Like, it was this when you said it's been six months. It, it's we've been, of course, we've been in communication for years. But I remember we were kind of like communicating here and there, and it was like I think I was like I was about to ask you to come on the pod, and you had jumped to another incredible brand. So like, talk to me about like what you've learned role to role and how you're taking those things to heartbeat. Yeah, I mean that's a really good question. I think. One thing that I've learned role to role, industry to industry is like relationships are about um, trust and connection. And ultimately that's about people. And regardless of where you are, if you are confident in who you are and you care about others, things things can go well for you. Um, I think one of the things that has been like an evolution for me is being a little bit more comfortable in my skin um, and really with my like opinions uh, in, in board meetings or any type of like larger professional settings. Um, but staying rooted in that, um, that knowledge of like being able to work with people is your primary skill set, particularly in partnerships. But I'd argue being able to work with others is, is one of the most underrated skills in, in business. So if you can continue that and, and, and push through, I think that that's big, but also continue to develop your voice and what's important to you. I think a lot of times underserved communities or people that come from a, like a lower socioeconomic background, we can feel and, and are often told sublimity, sublim, subliminally, it's early in the morning. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Um, that like you don't belong in this space. Right. And I think that's total. I don't know if I can swear on this, but that's total. Yes, that's total bullshit. Right. Like the fact of the matter, if you look at media right now, a lot of reasons that these large scale media companies are struggling is because they didn't take into account half of the American population. Right. Particularly the under 45 crew. Right. They don't know how to talk to them because they didn't really even think that they existed, right? People like me and you or other marginalized people or people that came from a lower socioeconomic background, we actually have the sauce, right? Like we we are able to communicate with the majority of the actual country in ways that other people aren't. Um, so it's hard. It's not easy. You're not getting a lot of messages telling you that you you are enough and you, you your opinion is actually the opinion that people should be following. But really, really try and look at the data and the facts of like, look, these, one of the reasons why the media space has had some struggles recently is because it's it's really been built for a, a, a country and a, a, a industry that was like 30, 40 years ago. Right. It never really evolved. Right. Um, and we are the leaders of that new space whether we get recognized for it or not. Right. So be, be confident in that, in that reality. You know, you've been talking a lot about the through line of everything you've been talking about is people, relationships, trust. Like what does it look like? And just practically speaking to even build trust though. Right. Cause trust is such a loaded, it's a loaded word. Sure. It's a loaded concept. Um, particularly in the con in the context of work, what does it look like to build trust between just like, Two people forget a brand to a group of people. Like, just what does sure. it look like to build trust, like laterally, in your day to day? No, that's a great question, and I'm going to answer it in the same way that I'm going to answer uh, 
how brands of the future will create content. So essentially think of it as a dinner party, right? If you and I went to a dinner party and I sat across the table from you and exclusively talked about how great I was, how much money I made, how good looking I am, how successful I am, how perfect my life is and how you're lucky to, to hang out with me. Most likely that's going to repulse you, is it not? Right? Like you're not going to want to, any human relationship is not going to want to work that way. But if we go to that same dinner party and then, and then in that version of me, I hit you up two weeks later and try and invite you to a party or invite myself to your party or get you to support some fundraiser of mine, you're going to be like, nah, bro. Like, nah, I'm good. Nah. But let's go to that same party and I'm asking you questions about you. All right. You got, you got Basquiat and Baldwin back there, right? That's dope. I love the, the artwork back there. I, we, we both have young children. I ask about, uh, ask about your kids. Uh, we tell stories about what it's like to be a young dad. Um, we connect whether you're into sports or music and I'm really like investing in you. Yeah, I might bring something up about myself, but I'm really making the effort to, to connect with you as a per. Like I'm prioritizing you. Um, it doesn't mean I'm deprioritizing myself, but like you can be an open and kind person without losing any assertiveness, right? Um, you build that trust. Uh, when we leave that dinner party, if I hit you up two weeks later, say, hey, man, uh, I got this fundraiser for the kids. We're trying to raise money for this basketball court. Can you come through, um, try and support this farm? Maybe you can talk about it on the pod, like things like that. You are so much more likely to do that, right? Because I showed that I'm a good human being. I care about you. I don't exclusively think about myself. Um that's, I think that's the secret sauce for how you build relationships. And I think it's the same way for brands, right? We live in an era where I heard this recently at a, at a talk, people love brands and movements more than ever, but they hate advertising more than ever. And I, I don't know if I can blame them for that. And one of the reasons is like that, that dinner party idea, right? Brands for a long time showed up and said, hey, our product is the best. You're not good enough if you don't have it. Pay us all your money. We don't care about you. Bye. Right. And eventually, especially like the under 45 crew, right, that grew up with social media and grew up with just constantly being inundated by different forms of media. We're over that. And I, I can't blame us for that. I think that's a good thing. The brands that succeed in the, in the future, and I think this is one of the things that Heartbeat does really well, is you got to practice entertainment instead of interruption, right? You have to, the, the, the brand has to be part of something that's entertaining, not just, hey, buy, buy something from me. I'm great, right? So if you show up with, if a brand, I'm making this up, if DirecTV shows up with a program that is all about providing value to a, to a core customer, on the back end, yeah, they may talk about, hey, I have this package if, if you're interested in purchasing, but here I'm really here for you. I'm here to talk to you and build that relationship. You're gonna you're gonna break through in a much better way. It may take a little bit longer, right? I think patience is an enormous is an enormous uh strength for those who have it, and it's enormous a weakness for those who don't, right? Like you may have some opening wins being really aggressive and, and unpatient, but that's gonna taper off and you're going down, right? So you're going to build really strong brand relationships that 
and you'll have these audiences with you for years, right? Because you showed that you cared, right? So I think it's like it's like it's like anything. If you if you meet people and they don't have any long term friends, even like their personal life, it's like some of the things. Yeah, so like, like, so it's a flag. It's a flag. Right. It's like a, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that that's a very long way of saying it, but but that's 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 the vibe. No, I I, I appreciate that, and I agree. Like when you engage in a relationship. Um, just narcissism is narcissism is unattractive. Right. And like, it's not a good look. It's not. Right. And like being able to decenter yourself and having a conversation with somebody and like being authentic in your interest of that, uh, of them and what they're doing. And yes, thank you for asking me about your daughters and ma'am, I forgot that you also have uh, two that you, I'm sorry that you have, that you have, uh, that you have some, uh, some young, young, young kids as well. Uh, so He's yeah, we gotta, we gotta talk about that off mic. Uh, but, yeah. but, but yeah, like there's, I think to your, also to your point, like the being relationally focused or, and like, and, and oriented towards that person, um, is in parallel powerful for individual relationships as well as brand to consumer relationships. No doubt. And in both instances is just more sustainable and like successful over time. Right, like right, and it's more enjoyable. Yeah, no, no, keep going. It's more enjoyable too. Like, don't don't forget at the end of the day, the people making partnership decisions are people. Right, they have an opportunity to work with a lot of different partners. A lot of different people have a lot of different things to offer. But at the end of the day, if I don't trust this person, if I actively dislike this person, if I am not 100% 100% sure of their intentions, it's going to impact the decisions that you make, or at least healthy decision makers are making decisions like that, right? Um, so I think it's really important. And I think one thing to, to think about is like, in that dinner party scenario, the reason why it works so well in personal or professional relationships is because it's quite rare. People are obsessed with themselves often, right? Like more often than someone is actively trying to be like, Tell me about you, Zach. Like, what makes you tick? I care about you, you know? Like, that's, it's unfortunately rare, right? There's a lot of people coming in and be like, here's my resume. Here's why I went to college. Here's why I'm so great. I go on vacation with this person. I went to college with that. You know, that's more prevalent, unfortunately. Um, so that's, that's a, a big reason. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, we started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website. ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap. It's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more, about Squarespace, 
Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, I also think it's hard to like, it's hard to fake that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to fake caring about somebody for an extended period of time, which is also why it's rare. Because some people, like, I've I've networked quite a bit, right, over the past decade plus. And so I think about times where it's like, you can tell, like, you know, you you ask somebody about themselves and you talk to me and you can, and and you start telling them about yourself and like their eyes glaze off or they look away or physically see it. They really don't care. But. They're following the beat that they've been told to follow and they're waiting for their entry to say why they're so dope. Right. But the whole like, Hey, no, I really actually want to learn about you. I want to talk about what it is you have going on. I want to. And then whenever I talk about what I'm doing, it's within the context of providing value back to you. So it's still a very like service oriented posture. And that's not, I agree with you. That's not common. And certainly, um, from a brand perspective, you don't see a lot of brands positioning so- themselves that way. You don't see a lot of brands really excited about, hey, I'm excited about, like, my excitement is what you have going on. My excitement is about, and when you ask me about what I have going on, I'm going to apply my value prop to what I heard that you're doing and where you might yeah. need some help. And now let's have this conversation. And frankly, like that approach will, even if it doesn't result in like um, a revenue generating opportunity in that moment, at the worst, you've left a, a positive impression. Amen. And you right. have, and you have some, you have a, you have a contact that you can engage later that is going to have a much higher chance of, of reaching back to you. And if they don't, it's oftentimes because life just was life. And as opposed to, Hey, no, I'm just not talking to this person. This was, that was unpleasant. Well, I, and I agree. And I think oftentimes, and one thing that I, I didn't do well as a young professional and I have to continually, I'm getting better. I'm I'm an old 35 year old man now, but like I'm getting better. I'm still not, I still can catch myself not, not doing this. Uh, But I, I try to advise like fresh out of college people is be patient. Like as great as one meeting if even if you grand slam knock a big meeting out of the park it's not only that meeting that's going to get you where you want to go it's a series of events right you have to like if you have three great dinner party interactions and then on number four or even if it's you have 10 great dinner party interactions but on number 11 you try you show your true colors like that's that's you're gonna get got right so it's a it's a consistency, right? You can't be obsessed with like the end goal all the time. Like I think you talked about like when there's an etiquette um, socially where people know that it's inappropriate to be like, I totally don't care about what you're saying. Um, I I'm just going to talk about me. They know that, but you the body language is is not liable. Like you can tell if someone is not listening to you. It is very, if you pay attention, it's very obvious. But when you actively lean in and, and people can see it, it fills people up. Like you, it's, it's an irresistible 
Um, no one can resist that because it's so rare. Like, so it's so rare that people show a genuine interest in you and have kind of done their homework. Um, so it's an, an incredibly powerful, persuasive tool. Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's going to provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer. You can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone's offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, living corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life redeem your 50 percent off at rosettastone.com backslash today today yeah you know at the top early in this conversation you talked about um you still working through using finding and leveraging your voice i'm um, sharing mm -hmm. your perspective you know was there a moment that you realized like oh wow hold on, I have something to say. It's valuable and people want to hear it. Cause, and I asked that because, you know, I think I had something similar um, in my career mm -hmm. where uh, oh, I was just afraid, Will. Like, you know, I think, you know, coming, right up, straight right, up. I was just, no I was just scared, right? Like, you know, you come, from, okay. you come from these, come from these places where, you know, you don't see a lot of people that look like you in those rooms. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'll never, I'll never forget, man. I was in this, um, I was in this, this meeting with the president of this, uh, of this division in this oil and gas company. And, I was always this. I was like twenty four, yeah, like twenty three, twenty four, um, and first really big corporate job. I started off as an HR manager at Target stores, so this is my first job where I'm wearing like blazers and jackets and suits, whatever. Yeah, and, right. and it's Texas, and and like frankly, like one of the suits, right? Yeah, wanna, yeah, yeah, and like it's Texas, and like the fashion is different than it is in New York down here. Like if you were in mm -hmm. a blazer. And slacks and like some uh, some monk strap shoes. People think you overdressing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm so I'm, I'm dressed or whatever. And um, I remember just being terrified, but I spoke up, and um, and it it went well, right? But but it, in that moment, it was so terrifying because I was like, man, what if I say something and they kick me? They like, well, you shouldn't even be here. Get out of here. Or you think about all these things could happen. So like. I'm curious, like, did you have any moment that you realized, like, oh, damn, I have plenty of things to share. I need to share them. They're valuable. Um, and uh, and people want to hear them. That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to answer it in two parts. I think in many different, like you, I've been in many rooms where I was the only black person, only person of color, only person under 45, only only person that grew up in a lower socioeconomic class right it's very intimidating like imposter syndrome is real right it, it is incredibly you the voice in your head is just not always friendly when you're in those types of situations um i think one thing that changed for me the first part is you know you're in meetings people are brainstorming you know you have ideas 
but then that voice in your head creeps in and you kind of keep it down. But then somebody else mentions an idea that you that was literally the one that you were going to say, and it gets rave reviews. I think that started to change where it's like, no, I do have good ideas, right? Like I, I, that absolutely is a good idea that I just had, right? I just got to kind of get over that and let let that out a bit. Um, I also think I started doing content on my own. Um, uh, just doing like a social content series. So I have a, a, a background in uh, civics and, and government outside of just like brand work. Um, and I did a, a content series called Politics in 60 Seconds where I broke down political issues for like millennial and Gen Z audience in very, very quick time, right? Very social media heavy, that kind of thing. Um, and it got really strong reviews and got picked up in a, in a couple different uh, publications. And I remember thinking like, oh, so my ideas are legit, right? Like I had a, and it was, I give credit for my wife. She was, she really was the art direction on the, on the, on the piece. But um, it, it just kind of changed my like, oh, people that have told me that I, I don't, my opinion is not worthy or my ideas are not great. Like I have validation here, right? And I think like one thing is like, you're going to, coming from places that we've come from, there are going to be people that just don't want you in the room. And even if you have a great idea, they're going to tell you it's not right. Like, I don't, I don't want to lie to people like that is, that is going to happen. Um, uh, but those are rooms that you shouldn't be in. Right. Don't be afraid to leave. Don't be afraid to, if you are in a space that is like harming you and not interested in your talents, leave. Right. Like you're not going to win over someone who's committed to not listening to you. You know what? Like that's so true. And, and I think there's a danger, right. And let in, in using other people's um, af, uh, validation as an affirmation of your own voice. Like yeah, your voice is true. matter. Your voice matters because your voice matters. Right. Like it's not, you know, it's not like, Oh, Hey, I said this thing in this group, this, this room, hated what I had to say, or they dismissed what I had to say, or they ignored what I had to say. That's more on the room. That's not on, that's not on right. you. And a lot of these rooms have been making wrong decisions for a hundred years. Like, so it's like, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that like, Oh, a, a company that's been in decline for 30 years, doesn't think your ideas are valuable. Well, you know, it might be like, good. Okay. That might be a good thing. You know what I mean? Like that might be a good thing. I think one thing that, struck me recently i saw stacy abrams quote where she said like and i'm paraphrasing where it's she said the the danger of staying in places that don't value you is eventually you start to believe them right it's gonna impact you like if no human being is strong enough to consistently go to a place every single day where they are not affirmed and oftentimes constantly rejected or mistreated and come out of that totally unscathed right and, and that without any work to do to build up your your confidence. So I think be confident in your in your voice. And if people are not trying to hear that, then take your voice elsewhere. You know, um, we've been talking about partnerships, um, relationships, you know, positioning yourself to be of like of of value to your audience, to that individual, to to that. Um, as a brand, you know, I think about smaller, 
shops like Living Corporate, I think about like and other black owned businesses, like oftentimes dying to get a partnership with NBC or dying to of get course. some type of partnership with Heartbeat yeah. or something like that. What advice would you give to black and brown founders looking to shoot up, punch up, and really create and build relationships with larger brands, especially like in this economic market where it seems as if there's like a real kind of like retraction and like these major companies are really trying to like double and triple down on the things that they know, quote unquote, work. Like what what have you seen? Not risk-taking market as much. Yeah. Like what have you seen um, from your seat that will still, that can help smaller companies want to engage, right? I think about the fact that like so often, you know, 3% of a major network's budget can like change the life of like one of oh, these founders. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm curious as to what, what advice or perspective you have for that? That's a really good question. I would say first be, don't forget to be confident in yourself. Right. It, it, black and Brown founders, like we represent half of the American population and about 78% of planet earth. Right. So like, don't, don't let a narrative of your opinion is not valuable. Your product is not valuable. Creep into your head, like really work on that, like work on your own confidence. And I would say work on, it doesn't always have to be, I want to partner with Google. And if I don't partner with Google, then I am useless. So like, Make sure you're you're staying committed to your to to your audience uh, and to your to your team, right? Because that's ultimately going to deliver for you more than any external partner, as important as they are. Like that's, I think that's really important. Um, the the people that you are able to communicate with are are a large part of the future of the, of this country. So feel 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 confident there. Um, be patient. Right. Like things are not built immediately and oftentimes and this is an area where I I have uh, definitely struggled in my career is like I'm really focused on like, oh, I got to get the next title and then I got the next salary band and then I got the next. But I'm not. But I wasn't always focused on like, what do I actually want to do as opposed to like, I want to boom, boom, boom. I want to move up. It's all linear. I can't have any. You know what I mean? Um, so I would say having patience, having enough patience to make the right call for you, not just a call. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's really big. Um, I think building relationships that are not solely based on your financial gain. Like those are going to be the longer term relationships that, that matter the most, um, and in the end, will deliver the most sustainable um, business opportunities. I think finally, though, don't trip on working with other Black-owned brands, right? Like one thing I'll, I'll say about like the experience at Heartbeat, like I, I didn't go to HBCU. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, I feel like I hear a lot from my friends and, and family that have gone to HBCUs is is you have the experience of like you, you, you have the reverse experience of like being the only black person's everywhere that you go. 
where you can just kind of be Zach or Will or you know what I mean? You feel you don't have to you don't have to come in and prove yourself on that front. There's just uh, there you know what I mean? So I think like don't forget the power of working with other black owned brands, right? If you two can can partner together and grow your your base, even if it's not like three percent of a Google's ad budget, right? You can if you can partner and build that way, I I that's gonna be the best long term success. I think it's incredibly important. Black owned business, particularly black owned media, is incredibly important. You're doing a service to your people, right? Storytelling, how how people see the world, how people see themselves is incredibly impactful, right? Malcolm X, media controls the mind. So like if you, black owned media is incredibly important. So don't, don't, don't be tricked into thinking that it isn't. Yeah, no, 100%. I also like to your point about, and this is tough, right? Because you think about black founders, especially in the VC space, like I mean, like a new a recent report came out that like black founders received like 0.23 or something like a percent of all investment. Um, and that number is even like, like somehow exponentially smaller for black women founders. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that look like these founders, we need revenue to survive. Like we're in a capitalist society. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like what does it look like to, build a litany of relationships so that every deal doesn't feel like the one that's going to make or break you at any point in time. But in addition to that, I would say like we, we generally, but certainly like for founders, uh, all founders, particularly black and brown ones is to like expand your definition of value, right? Value isn't just, Hey, they're able to allocate a hundred bands for me. For this next quarter or um you know it's it's like hey what what room can they put potentially put me in what stage what relationship yeah. can they connect me to right um what 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 marketing opportunity do they have what case study can i build with them to then put on my website or leverage mm-hmm. to then show other brands like what how can i use them to attract something else right and this i'm yeah. not saying it work for free like at all because yeah don't do that i mean it, it, unless you i mean yeah don't don't do that with a with a major brand. There are certain I mean there are certain aspects of my career where I have done free or close to free work just for like uh, to get that on my resume so I can move. So like there is that, but I I think if you're working with a major brand for free, they're taking advantage. They're taking advantage, and that's and that's a tough. That's not right. That's, that's not right. And it's it's tough. It's tough because like and it's so it's like Will honestly, man. Early in my journey. I used to get really excited, like, oh man, like this brand is talking to me, or like they wanna they wanna in- be interviewed, blah blah blah. But like, man, after like the like two hundredth right feature or episode activation, or you know, you look at our website now and it's like a whole there's like multiple tabs of like major brands that like we've had that we featured or whatever, and it's kinda like, okay, this is great, like happy about that. But like to your point about confidence and being and knowing kind of like, okay this part, this season of this, of this has closed. Like, we're not going to just do that anymore. Now, if the connection is real, it's authentic, right. If it's real and authentic, then cool. But if someone's in my, if someone requests to like work with living corporate, it's there. You should have no shame in saying, great, here's our options for partnership. 
here are here's our rates. Yeah, here's right? our rates. Like, like and, yeah. and 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 I think like there's this like there's this uh some of it for me, I'm not gonna project on anybody else, but for me, there's like this fear of rejection or feeling like you're gonna burn a relationship and it's like, look, this is not like your mom or your aunt. This is a business, right? Like business. people people engage these things expecting that you're going to come back with some type of rate. And if they don't, then shame on them. Like, that's crazy. Right. So I think like there's the going back to relationships. This is exactly the same like as a friendship, uh, intimate relationship, or if it's a business relationship. It, we go to that dinner party scenario and I'm showing interest in you and all of those things and, and, and trying to build that relationship with you. And you never, ever, ever, ever reciprocate that with me, or you rebuff, or you are disrespectful to me. I don't need to continue. Right. I don't like, I, I, I don't need to throw my drink at you, but I can, I can just talk to somebody else. Right. I mean, I think that, that there is, there is that too. Like it, you, you have to identify the right partners too. You know what I mean? Where it's like, and I go back to like I think that it starts with knowing who you are and what you need and what what you're what you're looking to do, and if you're confident in that, then you're not going to allow people to be like, yeah, you're you're getting twenty five percent of your rate and you should feel good about it. You know what I mean? Like that's that, you can't you can't be doing that. And I get it. You got to make business decisions, but it's not and not everything's going to be perfect. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like everything is kumbaya all the time and you're only going to work with your best friends and all of those things. But if someone, I mean, if you're being actively disrespected, you, you are not required to stay in that space. And I know that that's, that's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm a person who still, it's hard to say, I, it's hard for me to say no. Like, I, I feel like I kind of like, owe people things. Um, so it, but it's a powerful it's a powerful sentence. It is. Know? No, I, I hate no. Re- There's no doubt about it. I, th- I think the inverse of it is you also have to say yes in life, right? Like you, you're, if you only say no to things, then you don't move forward either, right? You got to have both in your vocabulary. Um, but at some point you have to be able to identify who's right for you, right? Whether that's a personal relationship or that's a business relationship. Like you got to as much as I believe you should give 51% in relationships, you actually end up getting more back in that way, in my personal opinion. Um, if the other person is not giving 49, then like that's, you gotta, you gotta show up. Like I can't, you know what I mean? I can't, or at least they're trying to give 51. They're battling me for that 51, you know? I can't, that's just ridiculous. You gotta have that, that self-respect, which is, to be honest with you, is not easy. You know, especially when you come from places that are not like in my in my career, I have heard the sentence. Yeah, I'm going to spend some time at my parents lake house uh, this weekend. I have heard that sentence so many times in my career in so many different places. It you you it's just evidence that like you, you guys are on a different path. like you you have more than one house like your family. Has, first, you know of, what I mean? first of all, you have a house like. Yeah, right. Like, right. You have a house, then let alone you have a house that you go to just for specific occasions. Yeah, what? That blew my mind. Like, when I was like, man, like, we got to have best pot for another time. Cause, like, yeah, I mean, man, it's so true. Look, uh, cause I'm going to respect your time. So, you're at Heartbeat. 
Mm-hmm. Have you mm-hmm. met Kevin Hart? I have met Kevin. I have met what does Kevin. He smell Very like? nice man. What does he smell? You know what? I don't know if I have a. I registered a smell. I don't know that I did. Mm-hmm. I, he he's got like a little bit of an aura around him. I bet. So like every time you talk with him, um, it, it, yeah, I just didn't register the smell. He probably does have a smell. I, I would imagine very oaky. Yeah, maybe very oak. He's like heavy. Yeah. I, I would imagine the same. The thing about it is like you know, I've like like several million people. Like I've been following Kevin Hart uh, from a far far distance for a while, not in a stalkery way. Um, he's like. <laughs> He's gotten like really in shape. He looks like yeah, he looks in shape. he looks like really solid. Like when you dapped him up, did you very feel the strength? Yeah, he's 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 a, he's a he's a strong dude. He's got like a good sense of like lower sense of gravity, so oh, he yeah. can like hit you with one of these and pull you in. Ooh, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's in very good shape. The rumor is like he never really goes anywhere without his trainer, so he's he's ready to roll. Uh, that trainer is yoked up too. Yeah. He is not right, playing. Right. So, yeah, right. so, so, talk to me about heartbeat. Like to me, like when I look at your career, right? Like it looks as if almost like you've, like I'm not gonna say like you've hit like the end of the rainbow because like of course like look you're you're 34, you're 35, I'm 34. So it's like there's mm-hmm. there's more there's more to there's more to wins to be had there's your journey is not over and i'm not gonna say that it is gonna necessarily um you just be a heartbeat forever but like it does feel as if this is like a, a serious culmination point what are you excited about at heartbeat as you think about like the next let's just say 12 to 18 months that is a great question um i am really excited about a few things i think our overall content pov of bringing the world together through humor not necessarily like stand-up comedy but humor is in like the dictionary definition of she or he was in good humor today to provide cheer to bring levity i think that that's really important at any moment in human history but i think we would agree that we're in a slightly uh, divisive moment at this time and i think if we can if a company can grow to be really really successful as we are and to not buy into the, you know, the most divisive content wins narrative, I think that that really, really matters, right? And so that's really important to me to, to, that the work that we're doing is not only financially profitable, which is important, but it's also, I'm not saying you have to fix all the world problems, but don't make them worse. You know, like don't make them worse. Make them like marginally better. I think that's all that anyone can really expect from any individual person or brand, right? Um, I also think growing heartbeat means growing black owned media, right? There's art. I don't, I don't know if many things are more important than uh, having large scale black owned media companies where the people in the room making the content, writing the content, directing the content, even not even involved in the, on the accounting staff, on the human resources staff, if they represent the the multicultural nation that we all live in and and as a it comes from a black owned place and we're we're putting beautiful representation of uh the diversity of blackness out on uh on screens and content and and podcasts in your ears um that's a really powerful and beautiful thing so i think if you combine those two two aspects um I'm, i'm really excited about it Will, man, look, it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad we were able to connect. You know, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a while. I love how things worked out because I would imagine 
the dialogue we're having now would have been really different had we had it like two years ago. So, um, look, man, you're a friend of the show. You're welcome back anytime. Before I let you go, where can people learn more about Will Cooper, the the stuff you got going on? Drop it right here. We'll make sure to put the links in the show notes, but you go ahead. You can check me out on LinkedIn, um, posting a lot of the content that we that we work on at, at Heartbeat, but also some of my my personal stuff as well. Uh, and then you can catch me on Instagram at Other Will Cooper. Love it, man. Will, we'll talk to you soon, baby. Talk to you later, man. Thank you. All right, brother. Take care. Bye bye. Yo, thank you so much for rapping, hanging out with us this week on living corporate make sure that you check us check our content out on living dash corporate please say the dash.com you can see our entire network of shows we have all types of content that we've been publishing um, that's all focused on black and brown folks at work different lenses mental health career development executive leadership right wellness freedom all types of different lenses, but it's all focused on historically marginalized, oppressed, exploited, underinvested, disinvested people. That's what we're here for. So also click the link in the show notes. Make sure you check out our merch. Cop a hoodie. It's getting cool. So make sure you go on the go on the website. If you don't want to cop a hoodie, cop a tank top. You know what I'm saying? Cop a mask. You know what I'm saying? Still wear a mask. Look, come on now. Pandemic, still pandemic, and I know y'all don't want to act like it is, but people still getting sick out here. Trust me, I got coworkers. People be okay. I got friends. All right, be careful. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you 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 get familiar. You know what I'm saying? Take care of yourself. Uh, and look, until next time, this has been Zach. Thank you so much for rocking with Living Corporate. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.